Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Open Guardcast is brought to you by Electrum Performance. You can use our discount code OpenGuardcast25 to get 25% off of the best strength and conditioning programs in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And if you don't even do Jiu-Jitsu, you're listening to this as a casual, like, man, I just lo- I like watching it and you haven't taken that dive yet to get into jiu-jitsu, you can do some amazing workout programs just to get yourself in shape. I know quarantine has been rough, you know, a little too much quarantine, not enough creatine perhaps. <laughs> that was the part for that. I'm joined as always by Danny O'Donnell. My name is Jake Watson. Danny, how are you? Good, Jake. How are you doing today? I am ugh, fantastic. I am ready for episode 23, dude. Yes. We're blowing through these. We are doing so many. Uh, we have a lot to go over. Danny uh, has been scouting. Uh, we recently, actually, let's talk a little bit before we get into too much of what we did. Uh, huge shout out to Josh McKinney. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were guests on Josh's show yesterday. Um, I don't know what's going to come out. I think a, a week from Memorial Day, I want to say. Um, a coordinates. But yeah, and anyway, we'll let you know when it comes out. But yeah, it was super fun. Josh is an awesome guy. Me and Jake have both known him for years, and uh, he's super funny. It was just a super fun time being on his podcast. Talked about some cool stuff. Blackmailed me a couple times on, on that episode. Yeah. He told yes. a story that sounded like it was had a really nice, wholesome beginning, and then it just took a turn for the worst. And then he just threw Jake straight under the bus, ran him over. Like a I was times so far too. under the bus, dude. There was a if there was like an underground city beneath the bus, I would have been an inhabitant. <laughs> I would have been in that city because I was thrown far under that bus. But Josh is great. He was uh, it was super fun to go on his. Uh, he's got a really nice setup down there too. It's a really nice feel. I kind of like it. It's uh, we're definitely gonna have him as a guest for sure. Yeah, hopefully soon. And his podcast is called the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu Show. So if you want to look it up, it's on Spotify. Pretty sure it's on iTunes. It's probably on a bunch of the different uh, podcast directories, but but yeah, I listen to it on Spotify when I listen to it. Yeah, kind of a misnomer too, right? Because he does not suck at jujitsu. Yeah, no, he's super really tough. good. I with him. <laughs> he beat the shit out of me, so <laughs> he's super good. And he like he's he's one of those guys that is super friendly. Will never ne- he'll never tell you he's good at jujitsu. You know what I mean? Even if, yeah. you, even if you say, "Hey man, super wow, you're great," he'll be like, "Ah, what is great? Like, <laughs> let's define that one for a second. That's totally. I love the way he says jujitsu. By the way, I was gonna tell you about that after the show. Did you ever notice that? Yeah, I did. It's not jujitsu. It's jujitsu. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know, it's so funny. We had jujitsu, but that's still not the weirdest like thing I've heard somebody call jujitsu. Espen calls it just. He doesn't say jujitsu. He says when I'm doing jitsu. Just, just jitsu. He, he just says jitsu. He doesn't say jujitsu. This could be anything. Could be ninjitsu. Yeah. So, well, he just leaves it up for interpretation. You don't have to do jiu-jitsu with him. You can do ninjutsu. You could do... Yeah, maybe that's why he's so good is because it's just jitsu. He's not even defining <laughs> yeah. it. Really, it should be called old jiu-jitsu because he's freaking doing that all the time. Yeah, take your back, jiu-jitsu. Anyway, what, what's some of the stuff we had going on this last week? We had a fight to win. Yeah, so I wanted to get into fight to win because there were a bunch of cool matches. But first, I think the big news is that the IBJJF suspended all their events for 2020. Um... So to me, that was kind of interesting because they said suspended and they didn't say canceled. So I don't know if there's any distinction there or if they're just basically saying that everything's canceled or is it actually just suspended? Like, I know they took the calendar down, so they're not 
actively promoting any tournaments or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. They put they did put suspended. They didn't put canceled. And it seems like everyone's taking the news as as if everything's canceled. So what, what was your take on that? Did you I w- catch I that? I would say it's canceled because you I think it's, it's probably just verbiage they're trying to use to lighten the load of saying that everybody's favorite thing is canceled. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. It's like a lighter way of saying, hey, like we're doing our best with the situation, which they are. I'm sure the IBJF is doing their best. But I th- that's my prediction is that probably not going to have any tournaments for the rest of 2020. This uh, yeah. coronavirus was definitely a worldwide ACL tear. We're done for <laughs> here. It says, not, I don't see any. I mean, at the very latest, it could be like, hey, we suspended everything except for Nogi Worlds. Like I could see Nogi Worlds maybe happening. But yeah. right now, dude, everything is kind of panicked. You know what I mean? We're seeing in Arizona, we're pretty fortunate. We got restaurants somewhat opening back up, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So who knows when the world will be 100% cured of this weird time we're in. Yeah, I think it's like really interesting about the IBJJF too because so many people – like like you you do a lot of super fights, but a lot of your plans for the year revolve around the Worlds, the Pans, Nogi Worlds, all those huge IBJJF tournaments. And now they're just completely gone. So like – how does someone like you or some of the other IBJJF people adjust to that? Like, obviously, you're trying to do a lot of super fights. You have some coming up, all that good stuff. But for some people, they don't do that many. They might do a few a year, and then it's just all IBJJF tournaments. And, like, like that's got to be really, really tough time for them, to, especially when they read that. Yeah. I think – well, one thing I'm going to try to do um... – like like I've promoted on the show last episode with Natalia, like we have some pretty big goals as far as my own health goes. Um, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle of a, a stage where I want to be moving out of my house and uh, uh, having a roommate. And then I'm going to be coaching as well. Just trying to find different things outside of Jiu-Jitsu that I can improve on as well. Like I want to gain at least 10 pounds for medium heavy since it's like kind of getting old being like 185 pounds competing in medium heavy. I kind of want to have the strength of the people that I'm fighting. Yeah. Uh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of Hudson Mateos' hands, dude. The guy's got huge hands. He, like, broke my fingers and he made a grip. Anyway, that's a tangent. Um, I want to uh, – I think that what one thing a lot of jiu-jitsu athletes could do in this time is probably look to take a couple more super fights. Take what's what's available because, really, uh, even if you can't train, like, I think it'd be good to, like, hey, like, even get out there, which kind of sucks to say because I'm not in that situation. I understand places like New York. Like, dude, gyms in New York aren't going to be back for, like, ever. And that's so sad, and it I feel for them. Um, but maybe like if they can stay physically active and just try maybe have a person that they can drill with and see if they can hop on like a weekly or biweekly or uh, sorry bi monthly uh, competition circuit with like super fights. Because I mean I think a lot of them are gonna pop up right now. That could almost be pseudo training. That's kind of how I'm treating it. I'm not treating it like, oh, if I go out there, win or lose, you know, obviously that's always a possibility and I'm kind of nonchalant with how I feel about it. But uh, I want to take so many super fights and events right now that it feels like I'm still just in the competition circuit, like I'm still training. Because you're totally right, man. Some people, they only do Pan Ams, they only do Worlds I are uh, and all these IBJJF tournaments and I miss them so much. Like I was watching an old, I was just on Flow Grappling watching the replay of the fights when we were, we were going to talk about uh, a little later and i was i like scrolled back old you know ibgf footage and it made me nostalgic and that's mm-hmm. uh that's sad I, I really miss those tournaments man yeah those tournaments are so fun they're so well organized you know exactly what you're getting every time like the, it's I, it's a big hit i think for all those to be canceled this year so it's kind of kind of a bummer we're starting on a sad note uh let's change, let's but, change the topic you know what's cool what's cool about ibgf tournaments is like you know how like 
like every QT looks the same. Like every QT gas station, you want, if I if you knocked me out, took me to freaking Louisiana and dropped me off at a QT, I don't know if they have QTs in Louisiana, and dropped me off at a QT, I would think that like, oh, thank God I'm home. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> thank God they didn't take me to, oh no, walk outside the QT and I get, I don't know. I don't know what they do in Louisiana for fun. Anyway, yeah, we started off at a little bit of a, a, of a sad note here. We didn't mean to do that. Uh, let's go on a, a brighter note. We had some results this last weekend with uh, Fight to Win. What what was it? One forty two. I know it was Lovato's triumphant 141 return. One forty two. Rafael Lovato's triumphant returns. One forty one okay. uh, versus Arnaldo Maidana of Czech Matt. And uh, the weird matchup between Edwin Najmi and Ben Henderson. I feel like all four of the la- of the big fights on the card, which was the winners being Tackett. Uh, or William Tackett, that is, who is going to fight on the Third Coast Grappling card. Thankfully, on the opposite side of the bracket, so I only have to see that twerp in the final. Uh, <laughs> who else? Uh, Samuel Nagai, who I have been preaching for years I know, we need to talk now. more about him because he, I mean, dude, it was just it was a prophecy. <laughs> I've been, I told like, he you. He was incredible. His guard passing, he just swept Same. at will every time he was on his back. He was so good, but yeah, we'll, we'll get more into him. Oh, sure. I'm going to talk about him in a second because I'm a huge fan of his. Uh and uh, so Sam and a guy won his match. Uh, then Edwin Najmi coming out over the former UFC welterweight champion, Benson Henderson, who is. Uh, was he the welterweight or lightweight champion? He was the welterweight champion. Uh, okay. He fought um, to beat to. No, no lightweight. No, you're right. You're right. It yeah. was sorry. I don't know why he looks like a welterweight, man. Like, yeah, no, he's huge. huge. His legs are gigantic. I always All confuse muscle, him with too. Didn't he fight welterweight at least once though? Yeah, I think he did. I think in Bellator he fought 170 when he went mm-hmm. over there. Um, okay, but yeah. Well, regardless, UFC champion. He's seen the heights of the sport that of yeah, the MMA beast. world that jujitsu fighters like Rafael Lovato have seen. So that's uh, <laughs> and that was the man in the main event. But you want to go over those matches a little bit? I know I want to talk about yeah. The guy. Well, well, let's just start with him because uh, his was a match I made sure that I watched live. Um, just because you raved about him, so like I I kind of been doing like a little bit of research about him, seeing like what he's won, stuff like this. And he won worlds at purple belt. He beat Jonas Alves in the final. So just just knowing that, you know, he's a monster. Beat and, is like uh, a adju- beat is not the right word for that match. Though. That's why I freaked out about Sammy the guy. Is like he didn't just beat Jonas Alves. He like ran through him like it was like it was not a, a super competitive match which is usually what you see out of jonathan like yeah. the neck guy had him in an arm bar passed his guard like swept him i was like man what is going on am i in the twilight zone right now it was crazy it was, so, it was so really i was cool. yeah it's, it was insane and he, he competes out, out of check mat i think um and yeah like this match he just I mean, it was just a clinic from start to finish he every time he i think he pulled guard to start swept right away passed the guy's guard the guy recovered i think he passed again mounted he ended up finishing with an arm bar is that is that correct uh, i believe so yeah he he pulled into a triangle at the start of the match yeah he pulled into a triangle from like the collar and elbow grips um that he seems to do a lot, but he was just like, it was so fluid. Everything was like, everything was chained together. It wasn't like he did a sweep and then, you know, he, it took him a while to pass. It was like, he swept, set up his position, passed. Then he set up his next position, mounted, you know, everything was very fluid. It was so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. 
And he competes at lightweight. Is that is that his weight? I believe he does. I believe he competes at lightweight because he's kind of a big kid. And right now he's probably more around middle. You know what I mean? He looks a little beefier than when I last saw him. But I saw him Mm -hmm. at the Jujitsu.net probably invitation. He fought Mateus or Machias Luna. I I forget which one of the twins he fought. Um, He lost a very controversial final. Uh, Everybody thought that Samuel won, and that that's not to to take away anything from the Luna twins. Um, it was just one of those fights. You know how it's always super close uh, with the underdog coming up. It always seems to be that way in the story. Yeah. But he, man, the kid, I, 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 it was him and Junior Nagai, who's his brother, actually, his older brother. Uh, and they're both, the pair of them are just insane competitors. They're really, really good. Uh, and Samuel has gotten, like, no uh, real representation in the media. No, nothing. Like, honestly, nothing. nothing. All that I could find about him was stuff through his Instagram account. There was, like, not too much, nothing on flow, really. I mean, obviously, they have the archive matches of his, but, I mean, outside of that, there's just no, like, awareness of him. Like, mm-hmm. uh, does, does he have good English? I'm, we should get him on. We're going to get him on. I'm going to message him. Uh, I, didn't, I don't know how I didn't think of it before. We're going we're gonna to snatch him up before Flo does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, he's the kid's insane. And I and I knew it right then. Me and him became friends because he, uh, he saw my triangle set up and he asked me. And I said, I'm, gonna, I'm only going to show you. I was like, because I like you. I was like, because you're, you're, like, you're like 17. You're, gonna you're lightweight. Bring, so we'll you're going to be a world champion. I won't ever have to fight you. So here's my setup. And I showed him the setup. He was like, oh, man, thank you. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. And then I... I was like, I hope I see that kid again. And then he won Worlds. I was like, yes, I knew it. I told you. And then I messaged him. I was like, I knew you'd win. And he was just, you know, so happy because he, it was he was crying before he went, even went out there. Oh, man. So the kid's going to – yeah, he was on his way to go fight in the final crying because he knew he was going to do it. Like, that's yeah, insane. I believe it. Uh, yeah, he's of, incredible. I can't wait to see him at Black Belt. Like, after seeing that match, I'm just like – and obviously all the other stuff I watch too. He oh, for sure. super impressive every single match that I watch, so – like him at black, he's gonna be a terror at black belt too. I feel the same way. And you know, it's funny is I feel like a sick fight to put on would be him versus the next kid I'm gonna talk about, William Tackett. I think that would be a sick match because it's like, dude, William Tackett and Samuel Nagai both fought uh, fought on this last card, and they both won in similar fashion, just a, a whirlwind of attacks, and eventually a submission landed. Like, complete domination, really fluid transitions, really aggressive, strong, young, hungry, up-and-coming. I think that could be a fight to win co-main event, if I'm being honest. Because that's like, I've seen, we've seen brown belt co-main events before. <clears throat> I lost in one of them. And, uh, <laughs> and, and man, it's just I think it's a really, really good idea. And I think that um, it'd be cool for Seth to do it. William Tackett versus uh, Sammy Nogai. What are your thoughts on that? Would you want to see a gi or no gi? I would say gi. Because I don't know that Samuel even does no gi. I know I was I was gonna no-gi. ask you that. That was gonna yeah. be my question. Um, yeah, I would like I would love to see it in the gi. I think his just the way he passes using the gi, like his Toriando passing and like, like everything Samuel did was. I mean, I'm sure he's good no gi, but um, he just looked so good in the gi that I would want I would want to see that. Yeah, and we know that Tackett is like you know he's he's I'm I'm not gonna say that he's no gi proficient because that would kind of sound like i'm downgrading his gi game i just know that he competes all the freaking time in no gi like it seems yeah. like seeing him in a gi is like just when he's training but um i guarantee that would be an amazing match because i think if you're good in no gi and you train in the gi you're good at both like you're a force mm-hmm. to be reckoned with in both it's the people who like never put a gi on that i would be like well does he even have a gi does he own one you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but william tackett is not one of those people he's a he's a force and he won the title right this past weekend? Yes. Uh, William Tackett won the Nogi Brown Belt. I think it was the 
Did he Middle win the title that I used to have? I think he. Uh, I think he's he like 180 I pounds. I want to say. Yeah, that, I was. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I'm gonna message him and be like, "Hey, uh, no, not to brag, but I was. I did that before you did." <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, moving on before he listens to this and travels all the way out here to Arizona and puts me in a guillotine. Uh, who else was next? Uh, Edwin Najmi versus Ben Henderson. There's another one of those matches that was just a. It seemed like it was just constant uh, Najmi ahead. Ben trying to weave his way through the uh, the spider grips and find yeah, his passing for sure. I, I, obviously, Edwin, everyone was kind of looking for the flying triangle, and he he went for it. Um, he he finished with a triangle where he swept and then uh, wait, did he sweep? Yeah, I think he swept and then as Benson was trying to come back up, he threw the triangle. So it's kind of like more of a jumping triangle than starting from the feet and standing like a flying triangle. A traditional flying triangle, but uh, but yeah, I always love watching Benson because he just his defense is so good. No matter yeah. what he gets put in, it's just cool to see like how he works his way out of stuff. And Edwin had a fully locked triangle that he got out of too, so that was pretty mm-hmm. cool just to watch watch how he dealt with that. Edwin also, I feel, has a uh, an interesting style for how light he is. You know what I mean? Like he's a hundred. That was one hundred and seventy pounds, right? I just about. I think so. Around there. So around one hundred and seventy pounds. Um which is uh, uh, lighter than the weight that we just uh, that I just messed up the detail on that Ben used to fight the UFC at, but um, or heavier, sorry. But Edwin is super tall for 170 pounds. Yeah, he's got like long arms. He's really good at darces. He's just like there's that specific body type where people are like, you know, you're kind of like that too, just like long arms, long legs. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, but yeah. I have a, I I at least have weight on a on Edwin Najmi. I know he fought. Um, oh yeah, he fought yeah. with Chias Luna at that World Grappling Expo or whatever it was. What was it like the? I don't remember. It was an event. It was like a one-off event called the World Jiu-Jitsu Expo or something like that. Did Mike was, fight uh, on that too? I think he was supposed to, and everybody pulled out, and then it just ended up being like Edwin versus Machias as the main event. I think jo- Jonathan fought on that too. I think Jonathan did. I think you're We're right. We're thinking of the same one. I'm sure we are. You know, I'm really excited to see Ben fight in the uh, in the gi a little more too. He tweeted, uh, you know, just lost and I got some things to work on in the gi. Got to get rid of that dang backside spider hook and get my grips better. Lessons learned the hardest ones. Uh, lessons learned the hardest way are the ones you remember the remember the best. And I think it, that's an indication he's going to fight in the gi more, which is really cool. Um, yeah, he also has like, on his on all of his social media the once and future king, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. And I feel like the, the fact that he's just stepping out of his comfort zone, like he doesn't train in the gi as much as these other guys. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he's doing some training that I don't know about, but I would imagine that he's doing a lot less than other people. But he still wants to step out of his comfort zone and improve his jujitsu and fight against like some of the best guys in the world. So that yeah. like that's why he's such a champion is because he's willing to like, you know, put himself out there and just at the risk of losing he's he's willing to do that so that he can learn and get better and then he can take all of that into mma and that's why he kills it in mma all the time yeah in my opinion i think the same thing you we me and you saw him in arizona competing as a purple belt at, at local like three people in his division tournaments just to yeah. get experience like no fear better. of i go out and talk to people it's like they hey if your fans want to come up and talk to me i'll talk to them at the tournament's no big deal i'm here to improve like i'm not here to seek glory like i'm here to improve myself which is super yeah. cool and that's why i admire him so much that's why i said on josh's show nothing i'm not gonna spoil the secret i almost did though i almost spoiled details of uh the other show Dang. yeah you have to listen to it I that's, my, that's my show. add acting up did you see that just now <laughs> i just had this quick decibel pitch switch 
Anyway, <laughs> moving on before I further disgrace myself. Uh, <laughs> Jafe Lovato Jr. versus Arnaldo Maidana, a familiar foe from myself. I did uh, indeed fight him on the fight to win stage. Do you know what weight this fight was at? Had to have been at 200. 200. I think 200 is on the light end because I think Lovato walks around about 215. Oh. I want to say it was at 215, but I could well, be wrong. Um, that's what but I'm anyway, saying. My, my point was I feel like this was like a pretty good matchup for Lovato to get back in the gi competition. Um, I know he wants to get back in the gi more. He was competing a little bit no gi while he was doing MMA, but I think now that I, I'm sure people know, but he had like this brain issue, so he, he's not going to be fighting MMA anymore. Um, he talked about it on Joe Rogan's podcast, so if you haven't heard that, definitely check it out. But yeah, I think ever since then, he's really like put his thought and put a bunch of work into the gi. So I feel like this was kind of like one of the matches where he kind of wanted to test the water. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know how that works with a uh, fight to win. You know what I mean? I don't know if like they say, hey, Lovato, do you want to fight? And then they let the athlete cherry pick. I think it was probably uh, a mixture of Seth wanting to give a good fight. Uh, I have my own like confusion with Maidana fighting for the title and not like, I don't know, myself or somebody <laughs> who beat Maidana on the fight to win stage previously. Yeah, but I think that I didn't know anything. I don't know anything about Rafael Lovato Jr.'s style. Uh, oh, which really? Might come as a surprise. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, he's been out of competition yeah. since I've been in it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He won the yeah. man. How old was I when he won Black Belt Worlds? Two thousand eight is twelve years ago. So uh, I was uh, I mean, ten we, years old. Yeah, so, you even started training. I mean, I, I wasn't. I, training I, I was ten point, years so. old. I was still in Taekwondo. I hadn't even started jujitsu when he won. So I never even really got to see so much of his style and i never thought to look it up uh but seeing him pretty it would man like it's, it seems like a, a super fundamental like fundamental superpowers almost oh yeah he kind of like breezed through the guard there was nothing flashy it was like hey get your head control tighter get your underhook tighter flatten him out knee cut through go to mount it was like man this is like super fundamental stuff and that's what works at the end of the day um, Maidana has a really, really good guard. I think that the the very first thing that happened in the fight was he messed up a position, and that was it. Like that was, and that's a kind of like that's the level I think. Lovato capitalizes on your mistakes. Like if if you make a mistake when you're playing guard against Lovato, he will smash you and make you pay. Mm-hmm, so like I've, sure. I've I've been following his career for a while. Like 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 you said, he won the worlds in 2008, but um, I just really thought he had a cool story. I would hear guys talk about him. And, like, he was basically training in Oklahoma with his dad and, and his students. And he was winning all these high-level tournaments. Um, he ended up competing at Salo Hibero one time, and they, like, connected. And he ended up affiliating under the Hibero brothers. But, like, his style is, like, a lot of heavy, like, pressure passing, smash passing. People call the, the headquarters position, like, where they take the daily heave hook out and step over the leg. Like, he, he coined that term, I believe. Or that's, oh, wow. like, yeah. Or he's the one who... I first heard it from. Um, I never heard anyone else call it that before him, but I'm sure maybe he got it from somewhere else. But anyway, that's like a position he utilizes a lot with his passing. He goes into knee cuts and different smash passes. But yeah, I mean he's got a really good collar sleeve guard too, um, good X guard. Like he's got a pretty cool like basic style, and he just he just executes it like perfectly. It seems like. It sounds like, and this is not me trying to relate myself to Javier Lovato. Everything you just said is all stuff I like to do, which is kind of like I need to watch him. <laughs> no, you <laughs> should. Study He's super, for super sure. fun to watch. And you know, with a name like Javier Lovato, I know everybody says this, but like whenever I hear him say like, 
oh yeah, I really like that match. I'm like, oh man, you gotta have a, a Brazilian accent, right? You're like, <laughs> Rafael Lovato. He's he said uh, a lot of people call him Rafael because they think he's Brazilian, but it's it's just Rafael. <laughs> That's so <laughs> funny. It's not Rafael Lovato. <laughs> I've been oh, calling probably... him Rafael Lovato my whole time. Doing I mean, I don't YouTube. know if that's I don't know if it's necessarily wrong. Giraffe. It's just how the yeah, it's just how the, the Brazilians Braff. pronounce his name, and yeah, he's talked about it a little bit. It's his friends just call him Raf. I couldn't imagine a world where he's just called Raf. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> Ew, Ralph Lovato. Wait, no, that's his dad, right? Uh, no, it's Ra- Rafael Lovato Senior. Yeah, Rafael Lovato Senior. Mm, yeah. Okay. okay. My old coach back in Chicago used to fight Rafael Lovato Sr. in the final of Master Worlds. I think they fought twice, and he oh, beat him. Awesome. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Dang. that guy's awesome too. I've I've listened to a podcast his dad did. Um, he is such a cool guy. He's he's originally from Chicago, which was pretty cool to hear him talk about it. That's really cool. Yeah. Dang. What do you think about what do you think about Missy's dog being famous in every single interview that she like? Missy from Fight Twin is her dog is like. The front piece, all these fighters like holding, like Lovato does an interview holding the dog. <laughs> so does AJ. I want to hold that dog. I think that's awesome. I want to fight. Wants, on she fight wants the dog to be social media famous, and yeah, all the guys who are doing interviews with the dog are just helping the dog get more famous. That was super unrelated. Didn't even matter that I, <laughs> that I brought it up, but I saw the dog. I saw Lovato holding a small puppy, and I was like, wow, like that's America's. <laughs> that's America's hero right there. Yeah. Well, what else? Uh, what else happened this last weekend? Was there any more events? No, I think Fight to Win was pretty much uh, the weekend's focus. Yeah. Um, is there a Fight to Win? There's got to be a Fight to Win next weekend too, right? Yeah, we're gonna have Gabby Garcia. Okay. Gabby Garcia fighting. Uh, oh, Kendall Ga- Rusing. Yes, Kendall Rusing, who recently got the opportunity to talk to Gary V. That was like the big thing, right? Yeah. You want? Did you see that? Do you want to talk about that? I did not see her talk about, uh, to Gary Vee. So not Gary see does like these chats. Um, I don't know how often he does them, maybe every week or so. But he'll have just random people come on um, and just ask him questions, basically. And she was on, and she was asking like how to mark- market herself better as a jiu-jitsu athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, if you watch Gary a lot, you can probably guess what he was going to say. But um, it was really good. I thought it was super interesting. It was only like a 10-minute clip. But Flow Flo Grappling posted it, and then they also did like a little article with her main takeaways from what Gary said. So, and then someone commented on it, like uh, I think God, who was it? No, I don't remember. I'm not gonna go over my, <laughs> my comment got a bunch of likes, but that's not what I was actually wanted to go over. I wanted to go over that because uh, um, that there is a first of all, there's a fight to win. Second of all, um, I I don't know Gary V for me. Uh, I don't know how to feel about him. Like, it seems like he actually has, like, a bunch of really great knowledge. Oh, yeah. But it seems like he could just Fair. give us that knowledge and it'd be awesome. But his character, like, his shtick is that he curses a lot. That's, like, his big shtick. And it's yeah. funny. I think it's hilarious because uh, it sets him apart. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, w- I wanted to listen. Uh, I guess I'll have to listen to that Flow article. But Gary V just... Something about Gary V. I dated a okay. I dated a girl who was super. All she talked about was Gary V. I got really annoying. I broke up with her. <laughs> That's the real story behind me not wanting to uh, talk about Gary V. Too much. Is uh, she was great, but man, it's like she wanted to date Gary V. And I'm not Gary V. I'm sorry. So I read one of his books maybe like six years ago, something like that, five six years ago, and it was really good. It was it was basically just about how to make a living doing your passion, whatever your passion is. So I always like. 
that that was my introduction to him, and I thought he had a really good message. Like, definitely some of his stuff I think is like doesn't resonate with me as much, but I think his overall message is is pretty cool. Um, but you can hear that same type of message from other people. It's just how you want to consume it, I think. For sure. I didn't even know he. Here's the thing: is I feel like he popped into like uh super prominence like last year but he was always been around right like he's always yes. been a, he super a influential business, person uh back in the day and my friend is like really into wine that's like his what he does for work he works uh, in vegas and so he's always uh you know keeping up to date with like wine and whatever i don't know what goes into that but he, he was a huge <laughs> he was a huge gary v fan like a long time ago so he would recommend me his books and stuff and he's like it doesn't matter if you're not into wine just like read read this guy's stuff so I like his voice too. Yeah. <laughs> you have to own it in your heart. You have to love what you do. If you don't love what you do, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not how he sounds. But Gary Vee's actually a super inspirational guy. I just I just didn't know anything about him. And uh, I did see that Kendall Rusing, who is the main uh the main event versus Gabby Garcia in fight to win, maybe that'll be the power up that uh, that she needs to take on the the gargantuan gabby garcia she is an amazing competitor has won everything and you know uh, the last time she competed is adcc right adcc okay and um, she won yeah so that was like september 2019 so not too long ago yeah and then uh the other headliners on that card being uh dante leon versus johnny tama johnny tama getting right back out oh, there oh man that's a great fight he said really i'm done i'm done with ethan let's go to dante that's gonna be a sick fight a little bit of a weight advantage for Dante, though. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I know Johnny talked about after he beat Ethan Carlson, the last fight to win. He said he was at like one, like in the low 180s, and then the fight was at 170. So he had to lose a little bit of weight for that. Um, and Dante is usually not 170. He's usually a bit heavier, I think. Because yeah, he fights middleweight, right? Yeah, Don, well, I mean, Johnny Tama, 2019 lightweight black belt nogi world champ and dante leon oh that's right black belt world champ. so this is yeah. like a really good fight this this uh is going to be an interesting card yeah i what do you think about that uh that fight in particular i'm interested i think dante's in, gonna uh, win i do too i think dante is is so so hard anybody within like i want to say one weight class of middleweight so well like any weight class below and then medium heavy, I think it's going to be really hard for Dante to get blown out by anybody. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. I could see like a super heavy competitor maybe giving him problems just because sometimes that could be a problem for anybody. But Dante is so airtight and his game is so strong. I feel like Johnny's going to have a little bit of a a weird time with the matchup. But then again, Johnny's blackboard champion for a reason. So I'm not counting him yeah. out. Yeah. No, I was really impressed with him at Nogi Worlds. Um, I think we talked about that on one of the episodes before. But also his fight with Ethan Cronson at Fight to Win last weekend or maybe two weekends ago. It was it was pretty recent, but I was really impressed with him in that match too. He was like exchanging heel hooks with Ethan, like doing stuff that I didn't know he was really good at, and he was seemed like he was doing it really well. So I think he definitely it, it could go either way. But if I had to pick, I would just choose Dante just because he seems to be on a roll. He beat Lucas Lepre at ACC, like won Nogi Worlds and had just like an incredible match in the final against uh, Jaime Canuto. So yeah, I just think. Even though they they both have a lot of momentum, I see Dante taking it. Mm-hmm. And Dante's still lifting in this off in this off season, <laughs> this off season. Yeah, which is a big difference, I think, especially in no gi. Like in the gi, 
I feel like you can mitigate strength a little bit with like good grips and good positioning. But I think in Nogi, sometimes, dude, if somebody gets like a double underhook on you and they're stronger than you by a considerable margin, sometimes it feels like the weight of the world is crushing on your lumbar spine and it sucks. Oh, yeah. It's the and worst. <laughs> like he lifts differently than other guys. Like that's like a huge focus of his training, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he I've just seen him. It's crazy. Go ahead. Yeah, like all the powerlifting stuff dude. and – it's nuts. He like lifts with chains on for stability on top of lifting like a 400 pound squat. I'm like, dude, you, we, you did it. You won. Go like you, you lift more than everybody. It's crazy. He's really, 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 really strong. Yeah. And he's got really good technique too. He's got That's... some r- a really good, like uh versatile Heva guard. He does really good coming up on single legs and yeah, he's got an awesome guillotine, guillotine Dizaki. So yeah, he's just re- he's just really tough and really strong, and that's a hard combination to deal with. That he did, he did get Tinazaki. I remember that. You know what's yeah. so funny is um, Cade, who is a training partner at my gym. Uh, that was like it was so funny because Dante and I know each other. We talk every now and again, but it's not like a, we're not like we don't know each other, know each other. But every time I see him at turn, we have like a small conversation. Cade comes up. Uh, Dante uh, used to play hockey when he was younger. Yeah, I've heard him say that before. Well, he's from Canada, so. Makes I sense. forget he's from Canada. <laughs> That's what every, everyone in Canada plays hockey. Also on this uh, on this fight to win car, I got Lucas Valente, my future first round match in the third coast grappling versus Mateus Gabriel. Oh my god, that's an incredible fight too. That's gonna be a cool fight. Lucas is a little heavier though. Yeah, I think he's considerably heavier. Um, I know they well, probably about the same difference as Dante and Johnny because they're one weight class apart when they compete in IBJJF. Lucas usually competes at uh, lightweight and yeah. Mateus usually competes at feather. I have seen Lucas compete at middle though before, so I think he has to cut some weight yeah. to make lightweight. I competed against me at middle at Purple Vault. Do you know what uh, weight class or what the weight is for that fight? No, I'm just looking at the fight to a newsletter right now. I don't know exactly the weight class just yet. I don't even know every fight on the card, but uh, yeah, I, w- I would imagine it's probably the middle between both of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's been fight catch weight fights on fight to win before. So yeah. it could even be a catch weight. Yeah, it's maybe around like 165 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make sense. But that's a pretty interesting card. I'm really liking it. I'm I'm interested to see uh, what the what the plans are in June. I I suspend or I didn't suspend. I um what did I what was I gonna say? I uh, told Seth, hey, I'm not gonna fight uh fight to win until probably late June, early July. Uh, just because I want to get a little bit more uh, time with my diet change and with lifting and trying to gain a little bit of weight uh, and also taking just a slight break after I do this next two tournaments back-to-back. But I think, I, uh, I think I'll be fighting there. I just want to see who they're going to have on these shows. Man, they're having some crazy events, and it is going to be sick to be a part of them, and I really want to join in on the fun. Yeah, I think Third Coast is going to keep putting on events. They're doing like a, a plus-180 gi bracket i think and then they're doing yeah. uh minus 180 and plus 180 for no gi as well yeah so, i mean you could do either of those to be honest like i could i could and honestly uh the only reason why i'm not gonna do the one that comes immediately after it is because i want to take a, a small break and, and be able to get some personal life stuff dealt with and yeah 
Definitely. I also, uh, you know, what's so funny is again going back to Natalia. She also looks out for like you as a well as like your well being as an athlete. I told mm-hmm. her I competed twenty four tournaments in twenty seventeen, and she said that I was a madman. She said that I was like, <laughs> like, what is why? Why would you do that to your body? And I was like, I'm fine. Like, I'd, look at me. Look how I turned out. But uh, she was like, hey, listen, uh, what what if I think what would be a good plan for you? And this, um, you know, Mar. I think that coaches are only supposed to like marginally affect your decisions as an athlete you're supposed to like you know make decisions for yourself so i really thought about it i was like i think it's a good idea to listen to her and because what we're going to do is come up with a really good plan to to gain some weight after this jits king on june 13th and that's a big reason why i want to be able to take a small break and and take maybe like two weeks off of competition and just sign up for heavier divisions and just compete at my weight class you know what i mean uh, because I, I, I don't like cutting weight at all. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. It sucks cutting weight, dude. Cut, cutting, dropping, not eating as much food as I want to. It just all makes me irritable. So do you feel like when you take that little break, you're going to do more lifting and a little bit less jujitsu or is your jujitsu going to train or change, uh, to maybe to be like a little less cardio intensive? I, um, what I try to do whenever I'm trying to like conserve energy is I will either roll light. Like I feel like I have, because as an athlete, you have the ability to not do as much grappling. You know what I mean? Like some people can't help themselves and they just go hundred percent the entire time. When I'm trying to really prepare for a tournament and, um, you know, I'm already on weight and everything like that. I'm going as hard as I think I should for, uh, that situation or I can't really say that how, what percent I'm going. I don't believe that you're capable of dignifying what percent. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. Like I'll be lifting a lot. I'll still be lifting three to four days a week. I think, uh, with the guys over at election performance who you, uh, we have a discount code open Garcast 25. You can, uh, <laughs> use that. uh, I'll still be lifting and following Alex Sterner's instruction, which he's been very good at giving me instruction. And, uh, I'll be just trying to eat. And like I told Danny, uh, I don't know if this was on air or off air, but I can eat a lot of food. And uh, <laughs> this I was can, off air. This was off air. Okay, so <laughs> I actually I have a very very strong stomach. So one of my big plans is going to be to eat in between classes and probably to eat before I roll too, because I actually don't uh, I don't get like the throw up feeling in my stomach. I, I rarely ever feel that I need to throw up unless like it's from I don't know some nefarious liquid um, <laughs> that goes into my body somehow, um, which I don't do, by the way, because I'm an athlete, Danny. <laughs> yeah, uh, shouldn't. But I'm going to try to eat as much food as I possibly can and just keep on lifting, keep on sleeping well. I mean, I've been doing a good job. I'm going to, after after this uh, episode is done recording, I'm going to break my fast, which is not breakfast. I'm going to break my fast that I do on Sundays sometimes. Um and that'll be my plan. I'm just gaining weight, man. It's hard to gain weight. I have a really, really fast metabolism. What has been described as like, how, like, do you have a fast metabolism, Danny? Yes, but I, I feel like for me, if I'm doing a lot of jujitsu, that's when it's hard to gain weight. But if I'm mostly doing lifting, like I was during quarantine, it was pretty easy to gain weight. Yeah. So, so yeah. How fast would you say? Like, have you ever got it tested? No. So you can go and get like an in-body scan at like a nutrition shop and it'll tell you what your basal metabolic rate is. Mm-hmm. And basal metabolic rate is – I don't really know what K – like KCAL, like K per cal I think it is or something like that. 
Mm -hmm. I, mine is at 2,100, meaning if I were to sit in my bed and do absolutely nothing all day unabated, I would burn 2,100 calories. So that's like taken into consideration that I'm also working. I'm burning a lot. And so when I when Natalia wrote me my fourth meal plan because I kept on losing too much weight eating what she was telling me to eat, which is more and more food every day, she was like, okay, something is wrong. Uh, either you're not eating what I'm telling you to eat. I was like, nope, I'm eating everything you're telling me to eat. She's like, or your metabolism is scary fast. And I told her my basal metabolic rate. And she's like, yep, that explains it. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's kind of scary too because like if you're training twice a day and you're lifting three to four times a week, like to put on the weight that you want to and in the manner that you want to, you don't just want to gain a bunch of fat. You want to put on muscle. You're going to probably have to eat around 6,000 calories a day. <laughs> that doesn't sound scary to me, Danny. It sounds scary to my wallet. It doesn't sound scary to my body. It sounds, it sounds like a dream come true. If I just, just yeah, if I signed a major ghee deal right now, all that money would go towards food. Every penny. <laughs> it's just crazy, though, because, like, I mean, you can't, you're not one of the, you're not like a bodybuilder where you can just, like, well, I guess you, kind of are going to eat between classes so never mind my point was going to be like you're going to eat breakfast then you're going to train you're going to eat lunch then you're going to train then you're going to eat dinner but no you're going to snack in between everything so for sure well yeah. i have a plan uh, you probably like, kind of have to i have a plan to to do it it's just about fitting in the time right and i think what i want to do is um i want to like i talked to danny about an idea i have a uh, post Jits King. I'm going to make a YouTube video and I'm going to get my YouTube back running up again as well. Also, I have to upload uh, tonight uh, another match breakdown by the Open Guard cast. <laughs> That's going to be what I say every time I mention it. I'm going to make that sound. Um, it goes perfectly with the title of it Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Zooming in. <laughs> with Danny O'Donnell. Uh, that's wow. I should really, I should really coin that. I'm writing that down. Um, I'm going to make a YouTube video. I'm going to get my vlog started back up. I'm going to eat 15,000 calories in one day. I think I'm just going to like have Danny in the video with me too. I'm going to go to Danny's house and be like, all right, you ready? We're going to go out. You're going to cook We have to go out me. three different sides. We have to go out three different times. We'll have I'll a do, Danny I'll calorie do half counter. of that with you. Dude, Dude will I'll, you? I'll, exp I'll explode. Like 7,000 calories? 7,000 oh. sounds like torture, but I mean, I'll do the best I can. I can do 5,000, I think. Easy. All right, all right. So you do I a third because I'm going to eat 15,000 calories in one day. I should eat three of the meals with you. That so you're gonna, fantastic. Like everything you're going to – like you're, you have this like elaborate plan about waking up. <laughs> I'm not going to give it away, but <laughs> you have a crazy plan, and I cannot keep up with that. <laughs> uh, I, I, so I, I have a plan, dude. I, I can only join you on three of those meals. If I have a – if there's one thing about me that everybody needs to know is that I will get like I will get unreasonably excited for something really stupid if I think <laughs> it's fun. Like if I think it's going to be a great time, I don't care how stupid it is. I am going to do it and I'm going to find the best most efficient way to optimize it. Like that's going to be how it works in my head. So I literally I will tell it right now. I'm going to drink 2 gallons of water uh the uh the day before and the day before that, so that I expand my stomach. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to bed. So I'm going to take like melatonin and like and like something to wake, go to bed. I'm going to um, fast dinner the day before I do it. I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m., eat a 3,000-calorie breakfast, take a two-hour nap, eat a 1,000-something calorie second breakfast, take another hour nap, and then eat it again so that before 9 a.m., I actually have already eaten 4,000 calories, and I'm – 11,000 calories to go so that I can just eat 11,000 calories in a day instead of eating, you know, 15,000, but I still have the technicality behind it. I'm telling you, dude, there is science to this. It's well thought out and I think you can do it. 
I know I for a fact I'm going to try. I <laughs> know <laughs> for a fact I'm going to try. I'm going to calculate everything. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I yeah, cannot wait. Should. This is, we went way off the rails talking <laughs> about food. Man, I love food so much. I'm telling you, dude. Like, if anybody, if we ever get to the point where people are sending us fan mail, I hope people just send us food. Like, if you just send us like a note with like attached to, like a bag of like flaming hot Cheetos or something like that, I don't care, dude. I don't care what it is. I'll eat it. I'll eat it on camera. So we should have Natalia on, and she can tell us about like what we should be doing, and then <laughs> you can tell her about like the 15,000 calorie day, and we can just get a reaction and. That would be a cool podcast. <laughs> I think it would be a very cool podcast to have her on and talk about nutrition. Um, yeah, we I definitely totally should. forgot about Natalia the entire time I was thinking about that idea. <laughs> Dang it. She's That's all so I could think about. I was just like, she's going to listen to this. She's definitely not posting this part of the podcast. <laughs> she probably will. Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing about how I'm going to deal with the Natalia situation. I am very dedicated to the diet, right? I'm very dedicated. But if I say, hey, listen, there's no tournaments coming up. I'm trying to gain weight anyway. What if I just had one cheat day, like one final cheat day, and I just let it be at that? I, I know, never I was told just her say, about. No more detail, just a cheat yeah, day. Yeah, no, just That's be like, all. hey, what if I want to take a cheat day? Okay, take a cheat day. All right, cool, cool, cool. So then I go <laughs> and I take my cheat day, and I'm like, she's like, well, how was it? Oh, you know, I can't eat today. I uh, yeah, turns I out I ruptured my stomach lining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually in the hospital. Can you please come get me? I can't That's wait awesome. for it. It's going to be sick. I'm going to go to IHOP. Yeah, that's a great, great way to pack a ton of calories. Like their pancakes, like if you, I think they list their calories on their menu now. It's just like ridiculous. One of the pancake meals is like thirteen hundred calories. That's it. So, oh, let's go! I'm gonna. Eat I mean, two. you could double that easily. I think they have endless pancakes. Yeah. Uh, no, they discontinued those. And the only reason I know that is because Tyson Antalon and Aaron Wilson went with me after we won the fight to win brown belt title that I won before Will Tackett did, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we won the fight to win uh, brown belt title in our respective weight classes, and uh, we all went to IHOP had unlimited pancakes. I ate uh, nine of them that day. Nice. Wow. Yeah. They That's were good. They were good, man. Having blueberry syrup and regular syrup mixed together is a next-level combination that I highly <laughs> implore. Everybody who's listening to this, stop what you're doing. Transfer us over to Spotify on your phone if you're listening to this on a computer. And go to IHOP. Get a blueberry or a, a, a regular pancake of any size, any number, any quantity. Get blueberry syrup. Get regular syrup. Mix those two together. Put some butter on it. Eat it. Danny, can we move? We got to start talking about some jiu-jitsu before I lose my mind. Yeah, and I have a good uh, next topic. So Third Coast released the bracket after we talked about you participating in the event, which we did on the last episode. But we only knew who was in the tournament. We didn't know who was fighting who in which rounds. So do you want to go over the bracket? Yeah. So uh, it's going to be uh, on the left side. It's going to be William Tackett versus Pedro Mourinho, first match. Then Roberto Jimenez versus Manuel Hibomar, second match. Then it's going to be me versus Lucas Valente, third match. And then Gustavo Batista versus Jamie Canuto, on that one, I didn't even look at it, dude. I just memorized it. I have it on I know. my head. I'm, lo I'm looking at it on my phone right now. I'm like, damn, like, dang, he's got it. Uh, so how about this, Danny? Let's uh, first round predictions. Let's do that. Let's do a, a safe first round prediction. I I want you to go first though, because I have my picks of how the whole bracket's gonna go. Like I think that I think I know how the whole bracket's gonna go. So th this is in the gi. So this is gonna influence my uh, my picks. But uh, the first match that I'll Talk about Pedro Mourinho versus William Tackett. Mm -hmm. I think just having seen Pedro compete in the game more than I've seen William compete, I'm just going to go with Pedro. Um, I know Pedro's – he looks big. He looks bigger than William Tackett. I don't know what you think about that, but he looks like a really strong, like, muscular guy. 
Um, and we talked about him fighting Roberto at Nogi Worlds last episode, and he's just like really impressed me. I know they went back and forth. Like I think he won in the weight class, and Roberto won in the open. But um, but yeah, I, I I'm gonna pick Pedro. As am I. For the same reasons. I think that uh, I think Pedro <laughs> really? is a very big competitor, man. I think uh, he competes in the gi more. Uh, he's also incredibly strong. Like, William Tack is very strong. But he's more, uh, he's more, uh, like, he's younger, first of all, than than uh, Pedro. But Pedro's going to be coming in a lot heavier. Like, that kid, that guy's got to be cutting weight for, for heavyweight. You know what I mean? I don't know how tall he is, but he looks jacked. He's jacked to say the least the guy is huge uh and i think that just you know just it's gonna be he's a little bit further into his time training as well i do believe in william tackett but i i just don't see respectfully i don't see him uh winning this match but hey i would love for him to prove me wrong i i love william yeah, tackett I, I love pedro I, so. I love his style um i really enjoy watching him like we talked about with the last fight to win he's just super exciting he's always attacking like I mean, I could be completely wrong, but that's just... Oh, for sure. Me too. And I could be wrong about everything. I could be wrong about myself losing you know, or myself <laughs> winning. You know what I mean? So it's like, whatever. At the end of the day, I'm just here to fight. Uh, so that's, we have the same. We both picked uh, Pedro Mourinho. Yes. So moving on, Roberto Jimenez versus Hibamar. I want to hear your pick on this one because mine's probably going to be opposite of yours. Yeah, I think you're going to pick Hibamar and I'm going to pick Roberto. <laughs> yep, I picked Hibamar. I, just, I totally I just feel like, uh, like style. I feel like... Roberto's a little bit bigger. I mean, I know Hebamar's they're, they're probably going to be similar weights. I know um, Hebamar's competed at medium heavy. Um, he's done middle, though, too, and Roberto usually does heavy. So I just feel like Roberto, he's been competing a lot. Um, he did a lot of, he did the who's number one. He did a bunch of IBJJF opens. Um, he submitted Felipe Andrew. I just feel like he did really well against Keenan, too. He won that match. Um yeah, I don't. I don't really know, like, technically why I think he's gonna win. I just feel like, I just feel like he's gonna win. <laughs> I think Hebmar does a really good job. Hebmar style beats Roberto's style is why I think Hebmar's gonna win. Hebmar, like, he's the kind of guy that he's not gonna get beat by a whole lot, and he's not gonna get beat by a whole. Uh, uh, like the match versus Kalasans was an outlier, and Hebmar even came back and win that. Um, won that. I think the lapel usage. His tricky guard, the fact that he never really gets his guard passed ever, uh, and I think you know Hebmar's just that's, more airtight. Yeah, that's interesting actually that you said that because I feel like if he pulls guard and Roberto accepts that and tries to pass, I think that's Hebamar's best chance. Yeah, and I think that also matters a lot the overtime rules. Like if we're talking IBJJF, this whole bracket's different. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's going to be a, a lot different to look at, but we're looking at also. Third Coast rules, which Hemar excels under. Uh, I think Roberto is—he's the kind of kid that like—he's got so many attacks that are so strong, but every attack comes with a price. Hemar has less attacks, perhaps. Let's say by by some description, he has less attacks, but that like not all of them are huge risk uh, attacks. Yeah. So he, with whenever that. Roberto attacks something or Roberto fights, it's always like, dude, it's a lot of like holes a lot of stuff going on a lot of chaos quote unquote that people could potentially theoretically capitalize on and Hebmar seems to be more of like a okay i'm never going to expose myself too much this is my kind of fight look at uh Hebmar versus fighters similar in style to roberto such as uh well i wouldn't say espen because espen's way more airtight than uh 
than Roberto. But Espen still does the bitter bullet game really well. If Keepmar shut that down and, you know, you saw that fight at Europeans, what happened with him and Espen. Uh, Hebmar did a really good job. I mean, versus me, it seemed like I just I couldn't even move my guard because of fear of getting it passed. You know what I mean? It was one of those weird things. And Hebmar, I think, is going to take the fight just based off of experience alone. I think his experience in competing in different rule sets and his experience dealing with fighters like Roberto is going to be – keep in mind who his best friend was. You know what I mean? Leandro Lowe. I was just going to say, like, I was watching Low recently, and, like, his passing reminds me of Hebamar a little bit. Like, maybe not, they don't look exactly the same or do the exact same passes, but it seems like they focus first on shutting the other person's guard down. And then they're just kind of biding their time, waiting until the guy makes a mistake or changes a grip or whatever. And that's when they really go into their passing chains. Yeah, that's 100%. I totally agree. And I that that's. I'm not, like, trying to make you a believer or anything like that out of it. <laughs> no, I, but this I is do a hard, think. This is a coin flip. Uh, for me, it's not. For me, I don't see Roberto winning. But that's just because I think I believe in Heapmar's game so much versus that kind of fighter. And the people that are going to beat Heapmar are the people who are going to, like, outclass Heapmar. Like, really good people at this point. Not people who are going to, like, win off a whim. You know what I mean? Like, I even think that if Keenan fought Roberto differently, then it would have been a different fight. But yeah, I think so, too. It was all mistakes. Like, the, at the end of the day, Roberto's good enough to capitalize on mistakes in the same way that any black belt world champion could like look for Felipe Andrews good enough to be black belt champion right now. I don't even know. Is he? No, he's not yet. Right? No, not yet. But he Euro will European be. champion, European for sure. Class champion. That's the thing is like, he's good enough to be Keenan good enough to be a black world champion. Uh, Hebmar obviously good enough to be black world champion. It's no debating it at this point is a black belt world Nogi champion. Uh, so Roberto's good enough to capitalize on those mistakes, those competitors in the same way that, uh, Hebmar is, but I think it's just the experience of not allowing that many mistakes is going to make the difference. Hebmar's hard to do anything to, dude. He's airtight. Yeah, no, you can tell when you're watching him compete. Like his base is so good. He's just like, it, it's hard to off balance him. So it's, it's hard to attack. Tank. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's he really is. honestly super weird fighting him because you're like, how am I going to move this person? His base reminds me a little bit of Marcio's to be honest. Um, not like completely the same, but it's like very hard to, to move them. It seems like, mm -hmm. like I know from yeah. firsthand experience, I can't move Marcio at all, but like he, looks that way too. Like when he competes at black belt, like it's like, you just, he's just always like in a good position. He's always in proper balance on mm -hmm. top. So, yeah. And when I fought he, I fought him, he was a uh, 195 pounds. Oh man. When I fought him. So I think uh, him, he'll probably come in about that weight just because of the, uh, you know, yeah and everything like that but so that's about who, who 20 knows? pounds over middle um which is what he competes at a lot i know he doesn't do it all the time but that's a that's got to be a pretty tough cut for him if he uh continues to follow natalia chantry's advice he'll be middle in no time but if he uh if he wants to be medium heavy then i mean he know he spoke a little bit about it before wanting to move up to medium heavy but we'll see the the next match uh i think lucas valente's got this <laughs> <laughs> no lucas is great and uh i want to say incredible. that um he's a super amazing competitor it's a really great privilege to fight against him again um he's a, he, uh, a really nice guy his guard is incredible um like his hips I remind me of, of tommy langekers the way he can like open up his hips and yeah it's like uh, how are you gonna pass it it's crazy yeah it's very it's gonna be a very exciting fight and regardless win lose or draw i'm just happy to be competing again uh i'm really preparing really hard for it obviously i'm game planning and treating it as if i i mean i believe i'm gonna win the bracket of course otherwise i wouldn't uh sign up for it <laughs> but uh it's gonna be really exciting to to fight lucas and lucas if you're listening 
God bless you, sir. Can't wait to share the mat with you. Um, so I know you I probably know. don't want to give away like all your. I want to uh, pull guard. Your entire game plan, but okay. <laughs> Do you <want> to talk <laughs> just a little bit about like what you. Uh, Why am I gonna go into his game? That would suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he could look game. him straight just... in the face. He'd be like, "Hey, we're gonna do." I'd be like, "I'm gonna pull guard." <laughs> <laughs> Is there? Do you know what the rules are for like double pull and penalties and stuff like that? It says IBJJF rules, so okay. I guess it would be the same rule pretty much. So you feel like we're gonna get to that third penalty? <laughs> Maybe I don't care. You're just going to accept it? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Because what... Okay, so, fun fact. I fought Levi... Uh, I probably told the story on the show. Uh, in the semi Or the... What was it? In the eight final of the Open Division at Pans 2017, and I won. I won by one advantage. And the fight started out by us both double pulling and getting three advantages each. Because he wouldn't he <laughs> Three wouldn't penalties, come up. you mean? Three penalties each, yeah. So we and then on the fourth one, it was like 18 seconds. We're both double pulled. I'm like, dude, I would get DQ'd right now. I I do not care. And I looked at him in the eyes and he came up on and he tried to pass and I swept him. And that's what won me the fight was like just being up and then forcing him in that situation was uh, was what won me the fight. So I will I will take those three penalties, sir. I don't care. And if we both get DQ'd, whatever, dude, like <laughs> he didn't, I don't know. I mean, no, I'm not going to get to that. That's that's a stupid thing to say. But uh, if we both get DQ'd, I'll probably feel pretty dumb. <laughs> but uh, what's gonna... his top game like? I haven't seen Lucas in, like pretty much every match I've seen. He's always on bottom. I don't know. I have no okay. clue. I have. I, I'm gonna be watching a lot of film coming up in these next two weeks uh, over the fight just so that I can see it. But I don't know much of his uh, much of his top game. I was watching him a lot because he fought Marcio at Third Coast Grappling last year, and uh, but yeah, I just didn't see almost any passing. I'm sure he has matches where he, he passes, but, I mean, I didn't watch 50 matches. I probably watched, like, five. So, yeah, I need to. I, I would like to go back and, and look at his uh, his game and try and see if I can find a video of him passing, too. Yeah, cool. for sure. And then uh, that last fight, Gustavo Batista, well, not last, last fight of the first round, Batista versus uh, Canuto is going to be Batista, for sure, I think. Because uh, Canuto has a really, really good arm bar, very aggressive, very good competitor. He could pull it out. But it's really hard, man. But Batista's like, it's you're gonna win by a very close margin. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and we've had some Atos guys on the podcast, and I think at least two of them said that he's like one of the toughest rounds in the room, or if not the toughest. Like him and the Hulk are always the two people that come up that are like, these guys are really really difficult to roll with, and it's not fun when you train with them. Yeah, <laughs> they smash you, and they they know how to use their weight. So yeah, he's Batista's a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that he will. Um, I believe that he will probably emerge victorious versus Jaime Canuto. Yeah, I think he'll probably be on top um, to start the match and probably just uh, be able to pass. Is my guess. I think so too. I think it. Uh, but hey, like we said, it's a seven-minute match, not a ten-minute match. There's a there's a bunch of different stipulations that could make this bracket very interesting. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I, one my of the prediction. Thing- Keep going, keep going. Oh, I was going to say, one thing that's actually really interesting, thinking about the overtime, if Canuto can last the the initial uh, period and make it to overtime, um, there's a chance that he could be on bottom close guard, which is like one of his best positions. I think he has to be like leading the the scoreboard to choose the position, but who knows, maybe but he, they, I think they either start top or bottom close guard or standing. Yeah, you so defer, I think. You, you never know what Batista's going to choose. Maybe he'll choose top close guard. I, I don't know. I mean... 
probably not knowing Canuto's like close guard arm bar is so good, but mm-hmm. um, I bet he wants to be on top. So who knows what could happen if it make if it goes to overtime? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, my full bracket prediction is uh, Marino so beats Tackett. Okay. Keepamar beats Roberto. Keepamar beats Marino. Yeah. On the other side, I think, I think Keepamar beats Marino too. On the other side, here's my because it's me, so I'm not gonna be biased. Like I'm, I'm gonna be biased because I want to predict myself, right? I, I get to the final. So, uh, but I think, um, you know, a fight with I, I've always wanted to have a match with Batista because I want to test myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I'm really excited to fight Lucas because uh, I feel like it's gonna be a very interesting stylistic matchup between me and him. Like it's gonna be a, a good, it's like guard player versus guard player that people think isn't gonna be a good guard player kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, like people uh, don't think you're a good guard player. No, not like that. I mean, like versus Lucas. <laughs> I mean, people probably expect Lucas to pull first, and they don't think I'm gonna double pull because I'm six three and no one double pulls when in the heavier divisions. But I will double pull because I was middleweight for a long time and I was lightweight for a long time, and I had a double pull. I just don't think anybody's gonna expect me to double pull with him, and I'm totally gonna. Like I'm 100% going to double pull with this man. Yeah. That's what I would expect. Just knowing your game, that's what I would expect. Just because I know you're, like, like I know you're not afraid to get into the the double pull situations, and you have a lot of experience there. Like, even if it was when you were middle and lightweight, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm sure you double pull in the gym all the time. You work that game all the time. You have a really good ankle lock. That's really good for double pull. It's gonna be a big uh, part of my game plan as well going into the uh, both fights because I want to be able to get um just a little. I feel like I can footlock uh. Everybody but Hebamar. One time I put Hebamar in a footlock, and I swear I put my life into it. And it did not work out. <laughs> you just got those thick ankles and wide feet. Just no, it's impossible. the flexibility, dude. It's like he will actually – his foot will just touch his butt, and it doesn't even hurt he him. He doesn't care. It's That's crazy. crazy. It's insane, yeah. But I, I, I would love to have Hebamar versus myself in the final. I would love that. I think that would be yeah, a really, would, really cool final. That would be awesome. But we'll have to see. I'm just excited to go out there and compete, like I said. Yeah, I really respect all these athletes on the stage for sure. I mean, and I know that sounds kind of corny and cliche, but I really do. I really think that it's cool that we're going to be the welcoming party for Jiu-Jitsu to come back in Texas, uh, other than Fight to Win, of course, because they kind of got first dibs. Um, but this is the first be... like tournament. Like, even though it's it's a super fight event, I'm using air quotes. It's like it is a tournament. Like, there's a bracket. Like. That's true. Yeah, you're right. And it's going to so, have probably some extra performance value or, or what is it called? Uh, what is it called? Cinematic value or something like that? No, yeah, have, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's going to have extra like it's going to be done up. It's going to be all glittery and pretty. I can't wait. I can't wait to just oh, dude, like I just love competing so much and it's going to be so great to just be able to do it again, especially I mean, I know that a lot of people during this quarantine were affected very negatively from it. I was one of those people. And I don't know if you were as well, Danny, but I'm excited to put on a gi and go out there again. I'm going to go to Eddie from Agro and get my gi all patched up, get an orange open guard cast logo on my <laughs> right thigh because you know how it is. It's your boy, Jake Watson, open guard cast. I want people to know it. Yeah, I can't wait to compete again too. They actually – they the Abu Dhabi Pro Tour that they do in LA every year is set up for this year. So I don't know if it will actually happen, but it's in September. 
So like the first tournament I found that was actually on a calendar that was planned, I signed up for. Okay, so, I'm gonna sign up for it hopefully. too. Yeah, there's usually a lot of good guys who compete in it, so it should be fun. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember I signed up for the WWE Grand Slam in September of 2018 at Brown Belt, and I signed up. I was like, oh cool, this looks like it should be fun. And then I didn't know it was WWE Grand Slam like a big deal. And then uh, I think it was Ronaldo, Roberto, Gabriel Almeida, like they oh all signed my up. God. And I was like, dude, <laughs> like what is going on? And then I had like three fights before I even fought. Jonatas was in my division too. Sorry, and then I lost to Jonatas by I think an advantage. But it was, dude, it was crazy. I was like, this is such a fun bracket. And then uh, when I when I beat Gabriel, they uh, they're all like know each other. Like Gabriel knows Jonatas and Ronaldo, and mm-hmm. Ronaldo and Jonatas closed out the final. So I uh, they they thought Gabriel was going to beat me. So we're all standing by the medal podium, uh, waiting to get our medals. And I thought it was just taking a long time. And then uh, Ronaldo asked me, where's Gabriel? And I was like, I don't know. It's like, are we going to get our medals? And he was like, dude, you won? And I was like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he we need like, Gabriel before we get our medals. Uh, he was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and then we got our medals. I was like, wow, they really didn't give me a chance, did they? Like, they totally thought Gabriel was just going to beat me up. That's but awesome. hey, uh, Gabriel got his revenge later. In the Nogi world, world. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you no, know, Gabriel was so cool about it too. I was like, "Dang it!" I was like, "You had to submit me." And he was like, he was laughing. He's like, "I had to submit. You submitted me." So he's Gabriel's a really cool guy. Yeah, yeah. They right now the tournament's listed as purple, brown, and black belts only. So I think oh, there's good. a chance it could actually happen because that should limit some of the capacity and and all that stuff. It's in September. I I don't know if there's anything that's changed in the past few days about California, but we'll see. They're probably gonna allow two people per competitor, because by like then I predict an a coach and an athlete to come with you, or a coach and a friend or whatever to come with you um, per competitor, so that you can. Uh, because I think by then they'll probably ease the restrictions in where is it? It's in L.A. Uh, it's a suburb of L.A. I think. Suburb of L.A. A, small, okay. a smaller city right outside L.A. In that area, LA is being kind of weird still, but yeah, could be. It could be. I mean, by September, maybe they could ease a restriction to be able to have like 200 people in a building at a time. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I would love for jujitsu events to be able to have everybody there again because I do miss the UFC having a crowd. But uh, <laughs> could you imagine the first IBJJF tournament back after all this? Like, what if it was everybody. like Europeans or something? Like, Dude, I don't know. What if it was insane. freaking American nationals? Imagine that. Yeah, if if American Nationals was the first IBJJF tournament back in Vegas, it would be insane. It, there would be there would be arrests. There would be un, <laughs> there, there would be the police there arresting somebody. Maybe me. I don't know. Maybe I win first place and crush a beer can over my head and shotgun it in front of everybody. America's yeah. hero. I'm just kidding. Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, Stone Cold Jake Austin. Stone Cold Jake Watson. <laughs> That's my. You know what's funny is my dad uh, totally looks like Steve Austin. So people really? have made that joke before. Yeah. Well, he looks like a, you know, like a slightly less ripped Steve Austin, but he does whenever he uh, shaves his his beard into a goatee and has a bald head, he does. It's awesome. My dad looks nothing like Steve Austin. <laughs> my, I, my dad is not uh, anything like Steve Austin. He just looks, <laughs> he bears a slight resemblance to him. I've been told I look like um, Chris Pratt before, and I thought that person was Chris blind Pratt. or something. I was like, I don't look anything like Chris Pratt. That's Somebody a insisted. good compliment, though. Yeah, it was nice. I accepted it. I said, "Oh my god, thank you." Everybody says that, but the 
no one says that. That was a lie. I lied to that person. <laughs> I never thought that, but I can see really? a little bit of a resemblance. You're smart. Now that you <laughs> You're a smart dude. Now that you brought it up. I don't think oh, anyone damn. really looks like you. <laughs> besides yeah, no, you. I don't look like anybody. My ear is so messed up, dude, that no one will ever look like me for the entirety of ever. And I'm glad. I, there's only one Jake Watson, and I prefer to keep it that way. That's hilarious. Well, shoot. Is there anything else that we got to go over? What else? What else happened in this uh, in this world that we live in right now with jujitsu? You see that there was this. Um, I thought it was real, but it's not. It's this guy, Madman Design, is on Instagram making hypothetical matchups, uh, like posters, and he made one called Gary Tonin versus Marcelo Garcia. I saw I, that, and I was. Dude, I, I thought it was real. I was just so hyped. I was, was like, oh my god. Madman Designs? Yeah, M-A-D-D-M-A-N dot design, I believe it is. Okay, I found him. Yes, that was not cool at all because, yeah, he did uh, Rotolo versus Meow too. Yeah. I was like, these are awesome. Who's putting these on? Yeah, Madman Designs, just photoshopping it. Tyson versus Ali. <laughs> yeah, and then that's when I was like, okay, one of those guys are dead, so never mind. <laughs> like, this guy is fake. Oh, oh by the way, Submission Underground, uh, they're picking the top eight. It's an open weight eight-man t- – oh, they're making it open weight. Okay. Open weight eight-man tournament at SUG 15. Okay. So Chael Sonnen is, is uh, going to be putting that on. And uh, maybe Winter- I'll meet him and do my impression for him. That'd be <laughs> Winner faces Craig Jones. That's Winner faces cool. Craig Jones. Yeah, winner gets $10,000 and a shot at Craig Jones. I will gladly take my 10K and fight him later. <laughs> I will so spend my ten weight. You could uh, compete at that one, like oh, well, and I wouldn't have to cut. Yes. Yeah, but I'm thinking it's the weekend, right? Then you'd have three weekends in a row because it's yeah, right. Yeah, but if I'm not that. cutting, it's a little different because then I can lift how I want. Yeah, that makes sense. And I can eat how I want. So we'll have to see. Jump I don't into do, that. Hey, I'm telling you, Electron Performance has been doing some crazy things. I I squatted in a very short amount of time, just focusing on what he tells me to focus on while lifting. I've already increased my squat by 25 pounds. Holy shit! So. Yeah, I, squ- I squatted for one rep. For only one rep, I did 250 pounds, which was pretty big for me, um, which is not a very big amount of weight. And I did a dumbbell incline press for four reps of 75 pounds dumbbells. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting kind of strong. I'm super excited to eat and lift because then I'm going to blow up, I feel like. Yeah, that's that when your strength is really going to go to a new level once you can put some body weight on. Oh, I can't wait. I've been watching like – I've been torching myself all day watching this uh, Eddie Hall who we've talked about on the show too. I watch him eat – his like old strongman diet, dude. I want to eat like that. I just want to eat what he eats. He puts mayonnaise on his vegetables. He doesn't even oh, care. Oh man. Oh. But hey, it's whatever that. because when you're hungry, dude, mayonnaise on anything sounds okay. Like yeah. if you were starving, Danny, and I said, dude, here's here is a plate with ribeye steak, pasta noodles, broccoli, carrots, and cauliflower all covered in mayonnaise. You might be like, uh, okay. I'm not a mayo person, but. I- I was thinking about the other okay, day. Sure. I don't know why, but I, I like mayo when it's like with sushi. Like there's certain sushi rolls that have like a little bit of mayo. That's good when I have that. Don't, don't, I, hey, don't, and you know what you just did was so sad was you were like, oh, that's uh, – no, dude, own it. You got to <laughs> own it in your heart. Don't be, don't be fucking afraid. I'm sorry, Gary V. I yeah. love mayo. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be afraid of mayo. You have to love mayo because that's your thing. That's your that's your niche, niche whatever it is. I don't care. I don't fucking care. <laughs> oh man, no, I like mayo too. I don't know. I mean, I would I would try whatever. I just want to go on like a food trying binge uh, with with Danny O'Donnell, the Open Guard cast. We gotta Maybe do it with Rolando too. 
he had some good suggestions Dude, for us. You're right. We should bring. You know, what would be cool is if we did a video series on our on our YouTube. If we just like took jujitsu athletes out to a restaurant and interviewed them at the restaurant too. It's a brilliant concept. It's actually being done in MMA right now, and I watch all. It's Brendan Schaub. He does like food truck diaries. He calls it. Yeah, but it's Brendan Schaub, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool concept. I like what he does. Like we it's a very casual concept. conversation. He yeah. But we'll just do something. We'll call it something different and rebrand yeah. it for jujitsu. We can call it the, uh, the, uh, oh, damn it. What if we took them to breakfast places and called them the open guard fast? Sorry. It's <laughs> not good. That's horrible. Don't okay, laugh at that. It's your first attempt. That. I know. I'm sorry. The open bar cast. Oh, open wasted. bar. <laughs> no, I'm just saying maybe, I don't know, finger food. Like, get some <laughs> chips and dips and we should do that though we should message rolando it's a good idea you really would... wanted to take us to the restaurants he was talking about no for sure i'll be like so... hey dude let's uh oh dude i see so much in our future hiring a videographer oh all right cool man danny o'donnell talking about food leads to so many great things <laughs> it really does i'm telling you like i am inspired right now yeah and i think Is a lot right? of jiu-jitsu people are into a lot of different types of food so we could take oh, this yeah lots of directions oh yeah and if dude if we ever go to new york for anything ever Devontae's oh, gonna take us to like who knows where that guy's gonna take us he would take <laughs> us on a magical mythical wonderland ride of different foods and culinary experiences that you'd have to be you have to kill somebody for in some places man yeah. I can't wait there's a place called gotham west market i think i talked about that too it's like yeah a, yeah, it's that that food place where you can get like fifteen different things in one building. You, I gotta, we gotta go there one time. Yeah, that sounds incredible. And I, oh. New York opens like one of my favorite tournaments, so I definitely want to do that again. Yeah, uh, man. Now that now that we've done talking about food for for too long for my brain to handle, Danny, what is a uh, is there anything else we gotta go over? I think that's about it. Um, we'll probably do some more of these episodes where we're like covering the, the super fight events, just because that's a really fun thing to talk about and it gets you excited for the future at least me i'm it gets sure me it super for excited too. for the future oh yeah but it's just yeah it's kind of a hard time right now things are kind of sad in a lot of ways so we just want to keep it positive and talk about the good stuff that's going on because it's really easy to just focus on the bad shit yeah for sure dude we uh, that is a you know the we're, we're trying that's one of the things we try to do with this podcast dude is just show some love to everybody and that we just know that Anybody ever needs a message or anything like that, ever call anybody, we will talk to you. We are good for that. We uh we are just in the same boat as, as everybody, you know what I mean? Some of us are pretty fortunate to be in situations where we can have the state opening up and some of us aren't, and I think it's important that we all come together and be there for each other. So Yeah, absolutely. It's is, is definitely sad times that we're living in, but jujitsu being just a, like we're getting just like a, a tiny ray of hope. With fight to win, third coast grappling, Jits King, submission underground, like you guys are doing such a great job. Everybody in the Jitsu community is so so happy. And you know, with the UFC is being like the only sport right now is uh yeah. interesting times. Interesting I, times. I but. feel like that's all we really need, like as a jujitsu community, is just a small ray of hope and we can all latch onto that and push it forward. Like, For sure. It's like we have a pretty strong community. Everyone who does jujitsu is super passionate about it. So just these even just a few tournaments, like a few fight to win events, whatever super fights come up, like people are paying attention and we're all trying to like take steps to safely move this forward. So yeah, 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 that's the plan. And, uh, we're definitely going to be doing that. We're definitely gonna be trying to help out in whatever way we can. 
I still have to send these geese to the Daisy Fresh guys. I have a, I have geese that I have to mail to the Daisy Fresh guys down there, and I'm gonna. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I have That's I awesome. have like a gray gee. I have a couple geese that are old, that are that are black, that I don't wear, and uh, that are gray, that are. Uh, that's I awesome. Think I have one that's like oddly purple, just kind of <laughs> weird, but they don't care down there. So I'm like, dude, here you go. That's awesome. Super nice of you. Yeah. Well, Danny, man, uh, who are we going to shout out before we end this? Um, uh, like we did a good job keeping it pretty light, but yeah, it was a little bit of a little bit of a sad start, but uh, we were a happy ending. Yes. It's a happy ending. Oh, I can't <laughs> say happy ending. Sorry. It's a happy <laughs> conclusion. Closure. Yeah, no, a closure. God. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, could you shout them out? Yeah, so we, we talked about Electrum Performance already, but they're an official sponsor of the show. And Jake's doing their workouts. I'm doing their workouts. Alex Turner is awesome. He was on episode four. Listen to that if you haven't and learn a bunch of shit about strength and conditioning. Um, we're definitely going to have him back on. So if you ever have any questions about strength and conditioning or about their program, send them to us. Open Guardcast 25 is the coupon code for 25% off either Team EP, which is their monthly program, or you could buy any of the individual programs for 25% off as well. So Open Guard Cast 25 for the Electrum Performance discount. And then Agrobrand, uh, who designed our logo. Eddie's always supporting us. He uh, does our geese, all the graphics on them. So Agrobrand, uh, High Tier Photography, and Marcio Andre Jiu-Jitsu. I'm trying to think. What else? What do you got? <laughs> what do I got? Break New Ground. Uh, Break New Ground. BJJ. Logo to life for making our awesome intro for our YouTube videos. Um, also, uh, Natalia Shantri, who is uh, the, n- the b- b- opening my mind to nutrition. Uh, we got to get her on. We got to. Yeah. Because, uh, and, and her and Samir, too. That'd be cool. But, yeah, um, man, shout out to all the amazing corporations trying to keep Jiu-Jitsu afloat. Shout out to Flow Grappling and Fight to Win and uh, Third Coast Grappling, Submission Underground, Jits King. All the great people just like doing what they can for the community. That's what matters most. Uh, please find the time if you still can to support your local jujitsu academy, even if you know you, you can't attend. If you can find it, and if you're able to, uh, then it means a lot. It goes farther than than you know. So yeah, it really. Thank does. you guys. Yeah. yeah, and and keep on listening to us, and we might just love you forever, man, because we are we're loving what we're doing. It's it's I'm having so much fun with Open Guard Cast. Like there are some days where. You know, you get tired or you don't want to do a podcast, but then you immediately, the moment you start recording, you're having fun. It's like, oh, yeah, I, seriously, there's nothing been, like it. It's been so fun. And being on Josh's podcast the other day was super fun, too. So hopefully yeah, we relaxing. can be on more podcasts one day. That'd be Yeah, cool. right. It was pretty relaxing to go on there because I was like and I've been on many different podcasts lately, uh, especially with Verbal Tapcast and uh, and Grappling Hour and just like I've got invited on the Jordan Jitsu's Jordan underscore Jitsu's podcast. Um which is I don't remember what the name of the podcast. It's like Jordan, uh, Jordan underscore Jitsu doesn't work or something like that. <laughs> and then Star Lord BJJ in Florida has a podcast as well called On Board with Star Lord, and I'm gonna go on that one too. So there's gonna be a lot of opportunities. I want to bring Danny along too. Uh, Danny and Danny's trying to just shell me out. He's trying to whore me out <laughs> all these other podcasts. Got to no, bring I'm him down, on there. I'm down. I mean yeah, I'm well, definitely about. Two percent as interesting as you, but um, yeah. If anyone wants to listen to me talk, I'll do it. If you were only two percent as interesting, this would be called the Open Jake Cast and not the Open Guard Cast. This is a two-way. Sh- this is a two-person deal here, Danny O'Donnell, and we are we are happy. This is episode twenty-three of the Open Guard Cast, and next week or next week, next whatever, I'm gonna upload the um, 
what's it called? The video breakdown. Video breakdown. Yeah. I'm gonna up. I'm not even gonna say what the title is because it's gonna be a surprise. But I'm gonna upload that uh, tonight. That will be on our YouTube. I will link it on Facebook. And we are still getting uh, some stuff done, man. We're still just trying to move up and up and up. I'm gonna make a big old sign from FedEx Kinkos. And I'm gonna give it to Danny as a present. It's gonna have the Open Garcast logo on it. Oh, I'm also gonna make a fat head and put it on my gym and put it in my uh, not my gym. What? I'll put it in my <laughs> bedroom wall. I'm just gonna make a big fat head of Open Guardcast. And awesome. then I'm gonna get a tattoo. I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna get a tattoo. <laughs> Maybe one day. Okay. How about this? Here's a. Here's what I will tell you. After our 500th episode, Danny, I will get an open guard cast tattoo. But that means I have to too, and I don't have any tattoos. But... I swore to my dad. I promised my dad I would never oh, get one. That's okay. No. You don't have to. <laughs> I'll get it. For, I'll get it for you. Okay. Yeah. I can. I can get behind that. I'll, I'll fund part of it. How about that? Okay. Cool. Cool. Because <laughs> after 500 episodes, it's pretty much just a thing, right? Like we're. Like yeah, I mean, I might as well, or just brand it on me. I'm like, oh, I got a brand instead of a <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh, that, then I would feel bad, and I have to get a brand over the top of my tattoo. That'd be horrible. That would be so painful. Don't do that. Maybe. Okay, let's talk about oh, this later. God. Where we have a lot to talk about off air, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, I think that's it, Danny. Why don't you go ahead and do the honors and take us out of here? Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, definitely check out Jake on the upcoming events, Jits King and Thurco Scrappling. They're coming up really soon. And this was episode 23. We will see you next week with episode 24. Peace.